Throughout history, there have been folk tales and stories passed down through the generations, scaring men, women, and children alike. Some taught lessons on the importance of having morals, while others are based more on truth than fiction. This is Prestigious Minds Scaretober Special. Subscribe for free on your podcast player of choice by following the link below. So it's finally fall. Yeah, it sure is. Feels like fall. And this is our first Scaretober event. How's it feel? You excited? Feels pretty good, man. Feels good, man. First folktale that we're going to be talking about is called Bluebeard. And I believe the first version of it to be written down was by Charles Perrault. Perrault, I guess. It depends on how you want to pronounce it. Considered the father of fairy tales. Oh, yeah. This is the story of a very wealthy man, a nobleman, but he has a blue beard, which most people find hideous, especially women. This man cannot find a wife. He's very successful and prosperous, has a beautiful house, endless riches and treasures of jewels and silver and gold, multiple choice locations for vacationing in the mountains. And one day, he runs into the most beautiful pair of sisters he's ever seen. He decides, he's like, I want to marry one of those women. So he goes to the mother, and the mother asks the women, ask either one of the sisters, this man wants to take you out, basically, on a date. Both of them say, absolutely not. Have you seen that beard? It's blue, and it's ugly. We'll never go out with him, nor marry him. This blue beard decides to throw an extravagant pot in and invites all the town people, and invites the mother and her two daughters. They go to the party, and the daughter, the youngest, naive, is like, you know what? I think the beard's starting to grow on me. It ain't that bad. And so they get married. Shortly after they get married, Bluebeard is like, hey, I have a business trip. I'm going to be gone for six weeks. But here's all the keys to the entire house, to all the houses, to all the rooms, except for one. There is one room at the end of the corridor you are to never open. If you do, you will meet my wrath, unbridled. Tells her, invite everybody over, show them everything, have all kinds of fun. But he leaves, and she's like, cool. All the people come, they hang out, they throw in a party, and she lets curiosity get the better of her. And then she goes, and she inspects the room. She takes the small key out for the small little door for the small little room. She opens it. At first she can't see anything. The room is pitch black because the shutters are closed. And as her eyes begin to adjust to the darkness, she starts seeing stains on the floor. At first she's like, okay, the water, right? You know, maybe the room has a water leak. Then shades of red start to appear. As she follows the shades of red on the floor, she finds the wall, which is also painted red. And as she looks up the wall, she sees feet. She sees the worst thing she could ever thought. Now before we tell you, there's one fact you might need to know about Bluebeard. Is he had been married before, and you're probably wondering, how would he get married though if he was so ugly? And it's like, well that's simple. The same way he got married to this young woman to begin with. But no one knew what happened to his previous wives. Bring him back to this young woman. She's married Bluebeard and she's looking at the wall and sees 
all of his previous wives hanging on the wall, on hooks, like bags of meat, all killed in a different fashion, some with their throats slit, others with their arms cut off. Pretty gruesome. She is so shocked that she drops a key in 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 the blood, and once she regains herself, she grabs a key and immediately locks the door and and runs to the bathroom just to wash off the key. The problem is the key is enchanted. And every time she scrubs the blood off, it appears on the other side. And she can't get it. Now she's worried. Fast forward. Bluebeard shows up. He comes home three weeks early. And he's like, give me the keys. She hands over the keys. And Bluebeard immediately inspects the keys. And finding out there is a red stain on one of the keys. It is the key to that room. And he says, you just could not help yourself. He's like... You must die, and soon. She calls up to her sister, which is in the tower, several times, asking where their brothers may be because they're supposed to show up, unbeknownst to them that their youngest sister is about to die. And finally, her older sister says, they're coming, they're coming on the horizon. About this time, Bluebeard takes his sickle, and about mid-swing, they hear a loud crash, and as the brothers, as they run through the gate, And Bluebeard, seeing this, decides, I don't have time to kill this woman. I have to run before I die. So he runs. The two brothers, one is a musketeer and the other dragon, on horseback chase him down and kill him with their swords. The young woman has been saved, and since Bluebeard had no descendants, she inherited all of his vast wealth. She used that wealth to find work for her brothers, to find a husband for her sister and to find a new husband who was an actual gentleman. And that is the tale of Bluebeard. So Rob, after hearing the tale of Bluebeard, what do you think the moral of that story is? What do you get from that? Don't marry for money. Especially you know, if he's ugly. That's uh, mm, well, maybe, maybe not. How often did this happen in real life? Like, did people just be like, "Oh man, he's ugly, but he has so much money." Yeah, well, I guess it does happen a lot now. It's like a rich guy with a Ferrari, you know, pot yeah. belly, fifty years old, balding, <laughs> has like three grown kids who don't know how to work on their own, right? That is, I never thought about that when reading this this folk tale. I never thought like, oh, don't marry for it. Is there anything else you get out of that? Yeah, probably like curiosity, like curiosity kills a cat kind of thing. Like maybe you should. I don't know. Maybe maybe curiosity actually saves the town from a serial killer. This for for a little bit of context. This story was recorded, I think, in the mid. 1600s or late 1600s and this was recorded now this story dates really far back and there's versions actually that kind of mirror the story from multiple different parts of the world charles when he wrote this he, he kind of wrote a moral thing in the story and i really don't know if there's a specific moral from this story but what he wrote he, he read he writes a poem i'm not going to read the poem to you but what i pulled out of that what he was saying was what you just said curiosity killed the killed the cat his wife didn't heed the warning and he was a controlling, crazy murderer. I guess there's two different things you can read out of this. One, you could say, well, maybe there's a certain level of listen to your 
significant other when they tell you do or don't do something and trust them, which I don't think is what this story is saying. I think right. the way Charles presents it kind of sounds like that, which I don't completely agree with that. So this is one of the stories that actually has a little more basis in truth, I would think, in, in the sense of uh, there was definitely a person who was a murderer, right? And he murdered his wives for whatever reason. It sounds to me that the moral of the story wasn't necessarily curiosity kills a cat. Maybe it was like, maybe listen to the warning signs of something's too good to be true. It probably is. Yeah. that That's probably, it's probably more along the lines. Maybe listen to your gut instinct. Cause they initially thought this dude's ugly. And it probably wasn't just cause of his blue beard. Maybe he's creepy, had little serial killer vibes to him. They're like, Oh man, no, he's just something, something's wrong with him. But then like the money's nice. He throws really good parties. Yeah. Like, he pulls up in a limo, you know. He literally literally told her to showboat all the wealth that she now acquired. She was like, I'll totally do that, but I'm also going to go in this creepy room. To be frank, I'm kind of glad she did. Yeah. Now, Now, she almost died, so I guess luck and timing was in her favor, but... Yeah, I mean, probably had her and her sisters and her brothers killed, like... The timing wasn't perfect. You know, this kind of brings up another question. How did he get away with murdering his previous wives? Was he just that rich that no one questioned it? They were just like, I don't know what happened to his other wife, but hey. Well, I mean, yeah, I think people just died back then. You know, just because of disease. That's true. That's true. And I, guess, and I guess you didn't have a very specific, like, recording system for anyone. Well, he was a nobleman, though, so he would have had someone recording family history. He could omit that portion of it and like casually killed my wife. Okay, what if he went to, you know, a village and then just took him back, to, you know, rode her back forty miles to his castle? It probably wasn't that close, and they're never going to see him again. Never going to see him again, you know. That's true. That's true. I did want to say this. We're gonna go a little bit into maybe the origin story behind this this folktale. We also took a little bit of liberty in the storytelling. Maybe a little bit more spooky, a little bit more gruesome for effect than the original version as it was written. Because one thing you find out when you read these old folk tales and stuff is there's a lot of uh, a lot of detail that doesn't seem to be there. Which you, I guess, is the whole point of a story. You can kind of add your little imagination to it. What's fascinating is, as you had mentioned, it's based off someone that killed his wives. Is there is a few different pe- there's two different people that in history they suspect it. One of them was a soldier that ended up actually fighting with Joan of Arc. It came out that he was basically a pedophile and kidnapped kids and, and killed them. He got convicted of apparently killing like a hundred kids. That's a kids. lot of kids. Yeah. Now this was like fourth century or something like that. Maybe maybe a little bit newer than that. So it was a long time ago. Wow. That was one person. But it's kind of a loose thing because it doesn't really make sense compared to this because this person was like noble and that dude was actually the French uh what was it he was like uh, like in charge of like justice or or something like that for the kingdom of France or some portion of France so it mm. wasn't like, like he he had some jurisdiction there but the, the the person i think it actually probably is more based on is Britain king conomer the the accursed the story goes that he married Trifine, which was apparently a really pretty woman, and, and they got married, and that his beard was so 
like b- black that it had a blue sheen to it and oh, yeah. people thought it was very ugly and apparently she got warned by ghost of his previous wives that he murders them as soon as they became pregnant now i think you see this in a bunch of other tales as well but she herself is like, oh, I'm not going to worry about it. She ends up getting pregnant. And at this point, she tries to flee the castle in a panic. One version of it, she actually hides in the crypts underneath the castle and finds like five caskets with pre- with the previous bodies of the wise, except for one that's empty, which she, she suspects is for her. Konamer actually catches up to her and beheads her. But oh, she had already given birth. And so I guess he didn't kill his son. The legend goes that the son actually would grow up to kill him, and he basically was like, ah, oh, whatever. Never saw the son. The son came back and killed him. Wow. So it's like some sort of weird revenge story. That is, I don't know how that would work. I don't think that would. It'd be a, <laughs> okay, let's just say he's a newly born baby, and he crawls through the crypts and somehow manages manages to survive. So I believe that she like escapes to the forest and gives birth and I guess someone like takes care of the baby. He grows up and he's like 20 and he's like, I'm going to come kill you. Another version has that the, uh, that St. Gildas brought her back to life being confronted with his no longer dead wife at his castle. He's killed under the weight of his own castle collapsing on top of him. Completely different story. It sounds like, but kind of the same thing. Sounds like he just did something. He was he was kind of a dick, and they wanted to make a story of how he died or something like something terrible about him. Because all those stories are, well, they're fun, right? They're spooky, but are they true? I think that so he he probably did kill his wife. So I think that's like the correlation of the blue beard portion. I think if you were to read into it as realism, would come off like okay, it was black and it looked blue. I think it was also maybe another version to describe him as having a very poor reputation, so that's why people wouldn't marry him, or oh, like why right. she didn't want to marry him, and it just kind of changed to more symbolism, I guess, and that's kind of where that story comes from. So yeah, that's that's like the background of the story, supposedly. I mean, the story is so old that no one really knows the uh, origin, the origin story. Talk about a villain origin story, right? I mean... It's pretty it's pretty interesting how these stories become fairy tales you would tell to your kids, rewritten by other people to like the Brothers Grimm, to also tell to future generations, even though they were slightly rewritten sometimes. The the moral of these stories are kind of something we we don't really have these days. Like we wouldn't consider our mothers marrying us off, you know. And maybe the, the moral of the story is like don't listen to your mom. Like, that's totally not what they're talking about. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about the 1650s when this was recorded, like, written down. So, you're older than that for this particular story. But Oh, yeah. If you enjoyed this Scaretober episode of Prestigious Minds, then join us again for our second episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of Prestigious Minds. That concludes today's episode. If you've enjoyed the show, let us know how we can improve by leaving us a review on Apple Podcast. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at PMindsPod. And go give us a follow over there where we discuss and share photographs, videos, and anything visual related to the podcast. And thank you for listening to Prestigious 
minds. <laughs>